from the trenches. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to From the Trenches, real life in the accounting industry. My name is David Boyer from SQL CFO. Joined with me is Paul Meister from Freedom Mentoring. We are brought to you by BGL, Australia's number one corporate compliance and superannuation software. Paul, why have you brought me back to Hawthorne? What am I doing here? Thank you, David. Hello, listeners. Hello, all. Welcome to another week. Uh, good to be here. We are back at zero. What we are doing, David? I'm in the middle of my two-day, two-day award winners extravaganza. Had a very. Uh, we addressed the team. Addressed the whole team today. Had an ask me anything with Trent. What did you ask? Asked a few things. I, I, I'm sort of keen on trying to push. Um, more of the micro business content uh, as I as I do as I champion. Uh, also, I'm wanting to look whether we can get some sniper teams back. Um, yeah, that kind of stuff. Uh, but anyway, the rest was under. I can't even remember, but the rest was under an NDA, so I probably should. Uh, really, you had to sign an NDA. Yeah, there was nothing. Uh, there was nothing that I deemed NDA worthy, but but yes, but we did. So interesting. Anyway. And then uh, it's like I Willy Wonka at the Chocolate Factory. Chicken Wonka made Charlie sign an NDA. I don't know. If I hand Did you steal the, the gobstopper and take it over to my op? If I hand the everlasting <laughs> gobstopper, I will get the keys, apparently. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, Does that make Trent Willy Wonka? Oh, I don't know. You, you, can, you can tell him that. I won't. Uh, David, let's get into it. I meant that as a compliment, by the way. Let's get into it. Best of ground, what are you bringing to the table? From the trenches. Uh, Colour best on grounds for me. Uh, accounting industry says goodbye to a man who had an indelible mark globally. Rich Priest who had super-duper senior roles, I'm talking like I'm in Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, had very senior roles over at Intuit in the US, ended up taking global positions. Um, If you've been listening to the show for a while, we've interviewed Rich twice on the first. Remember we used to run from the Generals episodes where we'd get senior people who's on the first one of that, and then separately uh, QuickBooks Connect in Sydney this year, and I have always uh, enjoyed my chats with Rich. I think he's one of the few people who can give a truly global perspective on how cloud is being rolled out globally because of Intuit's global footprint. Um, always enjoyed his time. He's off to the legal world. He's going to take his new way of working uh, to a company called, where's he gone, Paul? Is it up on your screen? Legal something. Legal Zoom. That's it. Well done. Um, which is a win for the legal fraternity. Um, and a bit of a loss to ours. Paulie did a great job and I always enjoyed his company. So see you later, Rich, and thank you for everything. Uh, interesting. Uh, yeah, the head of uh, head of partners for Sage left recently. You know, th- th- it's this position of sort of a head of partners that has often um, strayed into that global thought leadership role. Jennifer War- Jennifer Warawa at Sage, and now Rich Pete Priest at Intuit. Both gone. Interesting. I'm not gonna. Oh, don't know. there's no. Uh, link there, but it is interesting that those. I don't think there's a link at all. No, no, but but it's a, it's interesting that two big voices that were the face and the voice of apparently accountants globally for for respective. Oh, it, I just find it interesting. Can't talk for Jennifer. Rich was at Intuit for a long time and rose to that position from a lot of positions. Absolutely. Anyway, uh, best of luck there. My best on ground from the trenches, David. I I am a very. Uh, I like little things. I like little things that are cool. I often say there's no been no tech innovation. I was trawling through Twitter while I was in, in the Twitter feed 
all over it at London ZeroCon. One thing caught my eye, printed coffee foam. It's a. Can you explain that a bit better? It basically you pour yourself a latte or whatever coffee, as long as it's got some froth on the top. You pour the coffee, you put it under a printer, uh, like a three D type printer. And what it does is using I pr- I don't know I, I did look up the ink. It was some edible ink. Uh, it prints so you can scan a photo of anything you want. You can type text. You can do whatever else. So there were people. Twitter photoing and Instagramming their coffee because they had their face on it. It is at a conference. People were walking around with their face on the coffee. You do like your little conference. Last week you spoke about conference swag as well. You do like that stuff. I like that. We go to a lot of conferences, Dave. Like I think we go we go to an awful lot of conferences. It's good to see something new. There was also a cricket pitch. Yeah, I did uh, see that. How did we cool. not have a cricket? Yeah, oh, I, I wanted the cricket pitch. Well, at Wakoa, they had a cricket wicket, and it was very small. Yeah, this other, this big one. This oh, was well, the one in small. Yeah, someone who big. came down. Someone uh, did Brett Lee come to bowl? Pon- at Wakoa. Ping- oh, Ricky Ponting, Ponting came down. Came. Ponting yeah. came. Yep. No biggie. No, that was already. Anyway, uh, pr- printed coffee cups, though. Wasn't that I reckon that's going to be a thing. Um, if that's not at my funny, next conference. Because when ABE first started, that you know, the only worst on ground we could come up with at the first ABE, we've found a few more since, was that you had to pay for coffee to sponsored coffee cart. So that <laughs> was quite funny. From the trenches, uh, tracking the trajectory of coffee at accounting events. What a niche. I don't pay much, but I would actually pay for a printed coffee. I would, I, in fact, I think the, the other thing was there was-, there was I'll pe- only pay for coffee if you print no, a photo of my face on pe- it. Other people were getting coffee going, here's the coffee I just gave my staff, client, enemy, whatever. I bought them a coffee but put my face on it. There you go, David. <laughs> I'd buy you a coffee, mate, with my- Thanks. With your with, face With my on face it. on it. I'd spit it out. Oh, yeah, go Too is, bitter. What it's too you bitter, Paul. <laughs> what is that's this? Actually, Nescafe that's actually, Strength 12? That's actually one of the funniest things I reckon you've said for a while. Or, or just accurate. Uh, I have been called many things. Bitter is not. Well, now, one of them makes total sense. Uh, what do you got? Um, I watched your You're on Zero Now with Joe Salvati. I was. Work life about work life balance. Um, I see where the difference is between me and you when we go and do other stuff in the accounting world. Somehow they let you promote all of your other stuff. So you're up there with your freedom mentoring T-shirt. Trenches gets a mention. Always be closing. How do people? How do people uh, watch Zero Now? Uh, oh, on all good YouTube links, <laughs> on, all, on all social, on all social channels. Uh, follow my follow my channel. What did you actually say? I watched the first like two minutes and got bored. What? Fair enough. But that's the same argument my wife has. It's like yeah. I listen to you all day, so I don't need to watch all your content. Look, it covered some interesting topics mainly on um, what was work-life balance, how to achieve it, whether or not you ever could achieve it. You know, it was. I think it's quite interesting that um, – it's not all. It's not all beach photos. Although I, I have been guilty certainly of that. Yeah. Um, there was there was another interesting thread actually on LinkedIn or Twitter about about work life balances, and I think what a lot of people miss is the concept of balance. Working anywhere and working working sorry working everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> because you can work anywhere, is not work life balance. That's just. That's just and, and we've spoken that extensively. That's geographical show, freedom. That, that problem yeah. that we have. And we did a very popular episode, actually. Listeners, you love this one when we spoke about the problems with remote working and how it just seeps into life and we don't. And it was off the back of that. Look, it was very similar to that. And it was, you know, just, just talking openly about um, uh, 
wanting to spend time with the family, being present at home, and uh, and and tr- not never truly believing that you'll find a balance because uh, there's different times of the year you're busy and you're not, but. Working at all over it. zero this week, Paul. You are all over it. My next best on ground from the trenches. Company out of Canada. Um, people who have been involved in the cloud space for a while will know Live CPA, one of the first truly distributed cloud-based firms in North America. Um, Chad Davis, who was one of the principal partners, he's now, I think his Twitter handle is the RVCPA. Chad, a bit similar to you, um, chosen a lifestyle that's similar to you. He's in a different city for every couple of weeks, for a year and a half, runs his firm from his RV. It is a bit of the typical zero type story uh, that, you know, the zeros enabled this sort of stuff and then you know, the other, other software as well. Um, but Chad presented it to IFAC in front of accounting bodies representing 100 countries. And it's just for me got that, is this stuff about to hit mainstream? You know, it's been about 10 years, really, um, 10 Close to 10 I've years. been doing it for 10, yeah, You've just coming 10 up 10, years. yeah. So it's about 10 years. I think if, if, you, if you, they're talking about it at IFAC, it's going to have a long time before that actually drip feeds down into countries that don't. And obviously if you don't have a good internet in your country, it's, it's a pretty hard thing to do. Um, it's going to drip down through, but you just really start to feel like we're going to be hitting the late majority pretty soon with this stuff, with all these ideas and all these things that you and I have been living and breathing for a while. So... Great. Uh, well, I hope you did a good job, Chad. The way I knew I knew that you did that is Andrew Conway from the CEO of the IPA told me. Do you know what you he go. said, Paul? What? I bumped into Chad at IFAC and we were talking about from the trenches. From oh. the trenches in the hallowed halls. Global. Of, uh, is Global. IFAC Global. our United Nations? Is that its sort of – what's above it for us, well, for our profession? For, for accounting uh, – it's, it's the, yeah, the accounting bodies. Yeah. Uh, interesting IFAC because um, a lot of different services globally. There's a lot of um, – for all its similarities, there are a lot of differences with a lot of geographies doing audit, which we yes. don't do and that we, kind of we stuff. We learned that when we were at Wakoa last year. We did. We uh, we got to meet. We interviewed a lot of the uh, – some of the IFAC uh, key players too. Uh, what have I got? Uh, blockchain. Got another best? Yes. From the trenches. Blockchain. Well, yeah, it's, it's gone quiet. Gone quiet. I'm not hearing much. It's gone quiet. I'm not hearing much. How come? I'm, However, well, well, certainly, could it be? certainly the uh, you know the, the Bitcoin investors have gone under the desk, so we're not hearing about that Why? side the of it. Chain was going to take our jobs, and I, I was supposed to be replaced by now. I was yeah, supposed I, to be out of a job. What happened? I, I, apparently, I don't know. I don't know whether they whether they didn't verify it. Did I don't they, know. Did, I didn't know what happened. Did they find out it has no real world application? Let's let's give some context here. Um, there was a uh, a power. Conference of uh, this is Bloomberg reporting here. Paul. Tech so it's Bloomberg. Quite, I'm Bloomberg. Quite an yes. Authority. This is um, some angry man's. Uh, a large tech conference where one of the investment officers of CoinShares Group um, said on the side of the conference that uh, after two or three years of spending a lot of money on this and a lot of investment dollars, I think the bigger question as an investor is what's the scalable revenue model and. Is there equity value value that's created in these businesses? 
and arguably the answer is not yet. I we talked in that adoption episode, David, about the um, adoption rates of key tech. We looked at the trend line of televisions, radios, refrigerators, all of the sort of all the way to iPhones, laptops, whatever. It had a very you know somewhat of a slow start, then a just a really steep yeah. adoption curve. But pretty much, I think it was something like if you didn't get to eighty percent penetration inside of ten years, would, don't bother. Yeah. And and blockchain in the sort of the same amount of time that these things had gone to eighty percent hadn't even hadn't even sort of got off the uh, out of the starting blocks really in any decent sense I get it and from the people I spoke to I had an interesting <laughs> chat with, uh, with with Ryan Lazanus on his podcast about um, was he blockchain. Live CPA as well no he was Zen accounting uh, you know what's yeah. interesting though and 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 this is why I think we're commenting on it we're not technologists like I actually would struggle to explain to you what blockchain is beyond what you could learn in 20 minutes of googling we're just real people dealing with things and we talk to tech companies a bit and we kind of know what's in their pipelines a little bit. And, and this for me, I, I think there's a, there's a real thing in tech about the the adoption problem. You can have the best tech. It could solve a massive problem. Actually getting it into the mainstream hands of a lot of people takes a lot know, more I'm work gonna, than I'm just... Gonna say, we're going to go into my worst on ground here, Paul. Worst on ground. Worst on ground. From the trenches. Because... I'm going to answer a little bit of what tech people actually deal with as part of this worst on ground. Uh, Westpac in a little bit of trouble right now. One, for uh, failing Know Your Customer and anti-money laundering protocols for the most heinous crimes of all. Um, but what the, the reason they're worst on ground for me, that is a disgrace, what's happened. What's proves how out of touch the banks are with... Mum and Dad Australia is that they thought it would be okay to not sack the CEO and the team who's watched this happen under. That was the bit to me. And then they've had, in response to mounting pressure today, they've sacked the CEO and chairman's on his way out of, you know, some sort of governance transition, which probably should happen. Uh, I don't know. I'm not a governance expert. Um, but just the complete arrogance that to come out of a royal commission and think that you could have something like this happen and not have to sack the bloke, I, like just... Do me a favour, take off the suit. Instead of walking down Collins Street, go walk down. The pub test. The pub I, test. I'd just, I'd just take that to the pub, really, and just sort of say, does this seem right? Here's the relevance to us, and here's I'm going to tie it into tech. All right, bear with me. <laughs> uh, uh, know your customer on AML is in place in New Zealand, and accountants are qualified, have been targeted, not targeted, accountants are a group who need to do know your customer. Responsible for it, yeah. Uh, we're responsible for it. Australia, it's not yet. Uh, what it means is that we need to know where money comes from and the people that are involved in organisations. I never thought about it. And in Australia, it hasn't been done yet. And I was talking to, who were we talking to before from Zero? Was and I, I, was Warren, talking, I was talking to Warren BGL. Rendon from BGL about this downstairs before. And it never occurred to me, BGL are front and centre for this because they are the register of who's who inside a company. And Warren said to me, part of the reason that it hasn't applied in Australia is the government's delaying the application of phase two of it because one of the arguments is that if banks do AML, then the accountants don't need to worry about that. Well, that argument's been shot to pieces by the Westpac scandal, surely, if CBA's original scandal a couple of years ago wasn't good enough. Um, but then I said, well, how, what are you actually doing? And what BGL are doing are finding ways to incorporate this into their software so that they can take care of an AML solution for accountants. Yeah. This is technology that... this is These are... Like, this is where... 
tech companies are focused on solutions that help their customers rather than the the I don't know the sex appeal of something completely a completely new way of working, which blockchain was. And if you just listen to what people want, you're probably going to have a pretty good business. Yeah, I think. I mean, AML is. I was on the. Uh, CA Trans Tasman Public Practice Advisory Committee. That was a mouthful, but so because it was a Trans Tasman group on our the court, CATAC, it was PPAC. Oh. But um, the PPAC because Trans Tasman starts with a T. Public Practice Advisory Council, but for all anyway, let's not get into it. It's not doesn't make for great podcasting, mate. Well done. Um, uh, the, where was it? So because it's still so, learning Paul. in our quarterly still, after three years on in our quarterly update. You've updates, been in a social media class all day, teacher. Oh, yeah, thank you. Teaching. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the quarterly updates. We did quite a lot on AML because New Zealand were going through it. Australia were tipped to get it, so it was actually it was really important for us. One of the things that really struck me about the uh, the New Zealand system was that there was a very grey area of threshold for crime. Mm. Uh, you know, this was it's obviously intended to be if your clients are money laundering, but actually the way, like all the devils in the details, the way a lot of this is written, or especially was in in New Zealand. I haven't looked at it for a while, but. The actual level, like we were sort of saying, how low does the crime have to be? Like, you know, if, if a client – and my biggest thing with this is is um, taking and not reporting cash income. Mm. You know, there, there was sort of little things that could have been considered a financial crime or money laundering or, or whatever. So um, uh, with that, the devil is in the details. But um, Warren was interested. He, he sort of said that the Australian – model had backtracked a bit from where it thought uh, it would be. My second worst on ground, Paul. From the trenches. I did. I conducted a social experiment. I waited till I had 100 LinkedIn connections and I accepted them all at once to see what would happen. So within, I just sat there on my phone, bang, 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 accept, 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 accept. And of the 100 that I accepted, it was exactly 100, I received exactly 20 automated responses, of which only one person actually read my profile and incorporated something unique about me in their original message. And I ended up having a conversation with her. Do you want to know what she picked up on about my profile, Paul? <laughs> Great job on the TEDx talk, oh, David. Oh, God. So it was line one. She read your bio. Look, Play uh, to the ego, Paul. It worked. Is, you know, this is – I always I always laugh when, um, you know, social media, especially social media experts, um, try to talk to accountants about being, about being diligent and know your customer and all of this when they're making – when they're making uh, – you know, cold calls or not doing that's sales. Not that's doing, very different to not doing any research no, themselves. Oh, I've got, I've got that's great. just sales, though. If they don't do their research, they get penalised by losing a sale. That's not KY. That's not as severe as you know, not funding pedophilia rings and terrorism. <laughs> it is. That's <laughs> no, I, I got it. We, we'd moved on. We, we'd moved on from AML. Um, oh, but I'll t- I'll, I'll, I'm honest, the bit that's worst on this bit for me before we move on to your cracking worst on ground is. Um, there's nothing wrong with using LinkedIn to build relationships and to start connections. There is a problem when you depersonalize it. It's just the world's built on relationships. Just 
People do business with Use people. It's very do it properly. Absolutely, yeah. an absolutely stunning, epic. I'll call it uh, CRM or cold call marketing fail for me, David. I had I have a memory for just stupid little things. Um, so th- this person called me, and I kind of I also have a decent filter for BS about when I'm about to be sold to. I don't know. I, I think I get this um, Pavlovian response from from anything that I sense is a marketing call. I got a call. Uh, it was from a person. I'm not going to name the person um, because it's, it, that's unfair. But basically, I had a call, and, and while they were going through their sort of their standard warm up, I like I do on most calls. I quickly open a Google page. I do a Google search. Doesn't take a lot of time, David, to work out who you're actually talking to, right? Especially if you've taken the time to call someone. Anyway, I noticed the name and I noticed the business website because it was quite distinctive. And uh, this person sort of said, oh, look, I'd love to talk to to you about your business. And I said to this person, I said, do you realise that you called me like a month and a half ago? We had a lovely chat. Um, You asked me about my business. We worked out that we were sort of somewhat not competing, but you know there was a reason I didn't need your services. I said, let me guess, your CRM system only tracks business name, not not contact name. Notwithstanding, David, this must have been the same mobile number. You know, I don't change my mobile number. I do. I did explain that I had different uh, businesses, and uh, I, I gave him my other business names. And he said, "Oh yeah, here you are in my list, uh, and I'll, I'll go and have a look at the notes." And I'm like, it just, you know, it, it's just. You can have all the tech in the world, CRM, but if you're you really going like to people having a crack at getting new revenue into their businesses, too. don't be cheap about it. Yeah, that's don't, right. Don't that's be exactly right. Got to be authentic. You got to be authentic. You got to be personal. But 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 on yep. a, that's on one level. On absolutely one level, he actually he just cold called me as a, a business name with no with no context. With I think if if you want to sell, you got to do more than that. The on the other name though is how does a CRM let you have two contacts with the same phone number? Easily. Like how so it lets you do it. It's pretty easy to happen. Like but but that's data but that's cleansing a, is a big thing, mate. But it but it is it, it, the quality of the data. That's the that's the yeah. big area. You know, a lot of these tech companies, oh, if there's any CRM people out there, oh. I've just seen something that I think's hilarious on LinkedIn and I tuned out a little bit because I was reading Jason Andrew just wrote, I'm gonna stream G G Sheets and Zero on Twitch and become an accounting influencer. Uh, our younger listeners will know what Twitch is, it's gamers use it to stream themselves playing games. But Andrew, uh, Jace, sorry, Andrew, Jace, I've got bad news for you. It exists. It's called Eloquence, and it's where all the financial modelers put up all of their fancy financial models uh, to get support. That is where all the cool kids hang out. Hashtag nerd out. <laughs> You're hilarious. Uh, very quick, a few other ones for me, you, David. You've got, have you got another? It doesn't no, matter. Got I think you've. You've I've got, got a couple it. too, just very quick. I've got a, so uh, currently I'm in a rec- recruiting phase. Any uh, any three to five year experienced. Like, can I build this up a bit for you? I want to. I will do it properly. We'll do it properly. No, in another. I want you to get the mm. best of the best. Oh, you deserve great people in your team, Paul. There is a huge opportunity for somebody. I'm calling. I've, I've written the job ad. The job ad is up. Uh, on Seek and other platforms. Is, can I announce Five Ways is hiring? Can I? Five Ways is hiring. Now, this is an opportunity for somebody out there, listener, preferably a listener because you know what you're putting up with day to day as a boss. Uh, this is an opportunity to come and work in the firm that Paul's been talking about for three years on trenches and he talks about them. For, this is your chance to come and see how it is done. So if you are a, that three to five year-ish senior, you are sick of the stuffy tie and time collar and timesheets and if you're sick of if you want to be able to work from home once you win Paul's trust that's the key 
Um, get in touch with Paul Meisner because I reckon this is a cracking opportunity for someone out there. Thank you very much, David. No, it is. I'm looking forward to it, actually. Uh, looking oh, close down on my tabs. That was a bit unfortunate. Uh, the, Sorry, I'll carry the show from here. Absolutely. The, um, <laughs> uh, the, the, the recruitment process is hard, uh, David, especially when you're looking for the right person. Uh, the other thing that strikes me is, that's really interesting is when you hire for a staff member in a team of two, it... it you feel like yeah, they're um, going to have a big impact. <laughs> you feel like it's a massive. You really, I really feel the weight of that decision. Yeah. So unfortunately, it, it makes us sort of a slow process even slower. But I am learning a lot. I haven't had to uh, recruit for seven years, so I'm sort of I'm learning a lot uh, about it. One of the things I am learning, or one of the things that I found which is fun, is all these tiny little uh, recruitment solutions that pop up. Anyway, I got this somewhat automated email that said. Um, we have, uh, we've automatically matched you some contacts, uh, some uh, some applicants. There was a lovely uh, interface with percentage, um, you know, percentage fit, um, and it gave me a little bit of information on what, them. I'm just curious, what percentage fit was this one? I, I think it said 75, despite them never Sounds having actually right. worked in public practice, so I, yeah. I don't know how they got their nailing numbers. It, guys. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> nailing it. But two of the things that caught my eye, one was they allowed they allowed the job applicant to list their skills. Now, one particular job uh, applicant, I just picked the first one because it caught my eye, along with entrepreneurial accountants, accounting, uh, compliance, which got my interest, zero, which was great, and straight after zero, and I am not joking, I have a photo, this will be in, oh, probably on the socials, uh, they had listed beer as a job skill. As, as, a, as a person Hired. that loves beer, like, I, actually, I actually think that's quite cool. Has he been in the Five Ways offices at 11am on a Tuesday? <laughs> on 11am? Oh, come on. But, no, but, the, you know, if you if you feel the need at lunch, Nick, Nick, my staff member, isn't a massive drinker, but occasionally we you know, we have one for lunch. I, I admire, you, make, you have a casual. I admire the applicant. I, I, also, I also think it's interesting that the uh, the platform allowed that, but, but, hey, I'm all for it. The second one was a little more interesting and a little more controversial. So sinister, I'd say. Well, you don't know, but this is this is under the qualification. So obviously, I couldn't see the name or the address of the the applicant, but um, you know, until I paid. But <laughs> it listed the qualifications. Now, as you know, a lot of these systems, a lot of uh, a lot of systems, work off a, a pull down list and and whatever's linked. So obviously, this candidate had selected that they were a member of, or they had quali- had a qualification at CPA. Now, for these qualifications, the, the first one was a master's degree from a university. The second one was a bachelor's degree. In this system, now we are not, this is about CPA. We are not talking about CPA. I hold CPA in, in the highest regard. This system has tagged the CPA qualification as, and I quote, less than high school. They've quoted, they've quoted one of the three bodies. David, for listeners, is is laughing at the fact I hold them in high esteem. They have fixed. They have fixed the problems. They have fixed the problems of the past. Well, and how fixed- come we didn't do a whole? How come we haven't done a CPA update? We should actually. You know what? We should. If you're a CPA out there and you want to talk about updates, please get in touch. I'm just glad, I'm just glad we're not talking about them anymore. It's That's better for point. the profession. Anyway, this is, this is not good. So what they've done? How does a recruitment platform call the- CPA less than high school? And well, it's stupid from the employer who clearly doesn't rate their own. Like we do it tongue in cheek. If I was actually serious, have to if I had to pitch for work and I was making fun of my 
qualify. I wouldn't like you wouldn't win the work. Um, it's it's sloppy from the platform, um, and I don't I don't think CPA necessarily. I don't well, I don't think they deserve that. There's still a profession. They're still enforcing professional standards. It's still not an easy thing to get. Mate, they totally don't deserve it. My thing is I just laugh that the platform allows it to to be a major qualification. It's not a fringe qualification for an accountant. Uh, anyway, that's interesting. My other one, um, anyway, hilarious. Uh, beer, that's it. Beer, job skill, hired. No, I do have one more. The only, the one more oh, I have. Thanks for putting it in the shade. It is. The oh. one more that I have is just a quick. Uh, I got into a little bit of a Twitter, but uh, LinkedIn Barney uh, the other day. No, you didn't. You set it up. No, no, that wasn't the one I posted. All this right. is the other one. Somebody posted this article again. I'm not going to say who it was. It doesn't. It's largely irrelevant. Um, this was an article on what eight reasons why accountants should do surveys. Whether or not you do surveys, whether or not you do NPS score, you and I probably differ about that, David. Yeah. I don't think it's needed, but I, I, I but I see it's important. Yeah. The thing with me that this was somebody who was actively was was promoting this article to accountants. Now, the very interesting thing was forget the eight reasons. That's in the first paragraph. Some of them were okay. Yes, it's an old article, but it was. Oh, that's from twenty fifteen. No, but it was refreshed. It was posted by a person. This is a weekly show, Paul. It's real life no, right no, but now. Somebody had, no, but somebody had posted it saying it was more than relevant. It's four and, the, and a half years old. Oh, it doesn't matter. But the really interesting thing here uh, is the person who posted it should get worse. Just around. listen. Tell what, you what, listeners, what, what you put on the internet there forever. What questions should I ask? This article by CPA advisor who advises public practice was saying you should start with the questions, what are your name, address, email address and phone number? Dead set, David. If you if you if you surveyed your clients and you asked them to fill out their name and address, how like who writes this stuff? I just can't like like there is a lot of practice. There is a lot of positive be, things I would for surveys. Be surprised if anyone who clicked on this article read this article. In, in there's a lot of words on this. I'd be surprised if anyone noticed that. Well, I did. I did because I do. I go to that level of detail for this show, David. Really anyway, bad layout on this website. It's a shocking. It's, it's a, a shocking layout. To read. But anyway, I just think that for all the practical ways you could have talked about running a survey, including a templated survey for accounting services, just go to Mailchimp and get the survey template. But somebody <laughs> could at least it's do that. Hard. You do not like it. seriously. Who would who would tell your existing clients and then to um, mm. ask their profession? Dead set. Ooh, accounting oh. firm in Bark expands footprint to Oklahoma and Northwest Arkansas. <laughs> Probably five years ago. Um, <laughs> I think um, <laughs> surveys are important. I think one of the Jeez, biggest. Paul, this oh, website just uh, just announces the, the one of the biggest. <laughs> you can go. You get your tangent in a minute. Oh my God! There's man on the moon. One of the most important things I think in the future is accountants harnessing their existing data. Oh. And collecting the missing, this website's the amazing, missing pieces. Paul. Apparently, something bad happened to JFK. <laughs> He's commenting. You're commenting on how old it is. That was very subtle. Uh, all right, what else you got? Or is that it? Are we done. She's um, looking. Like they're working on this gap thing. It's really going to change the way financial reporting. This website's amazing. Paul. He's lost it, listeners. All right. Um, uh, have a great week, everyone. Have an awesome week. Bye. Chat soon. Thanks again for listening to an episode of From the Trenches. David and I love to hear from listeners, so you can reach out if you've got feedback or story ideas, get in touch. I can be reached on Twitter at Paul Meissner underscore or on LinkedIn, Paul Meissner. 
I'm on Twitter at David Boyar, B-O-Y-A-R, on LinkedIn, David Boyar. From the trenches.